Folks, we at TBM are sad to report that billionaire, philanthropist, and friend of the show, Bruce Wayne, is dead. And on an unrelated note, Batman has just stopped showing up in Gotham City. And that means it's time for Batman's many adult children to step in to save the day. In Gotham Knights, you take on the role of Batgirl, Robin, Nightwing, or Red Hood, and work to unravel a plot going back to Gotham City's inception. Can the world of Gotham survive without the Cape Crusader? Is it even worth visiting without him? I'm Jordan, and here to help me answer all these questions and more are my brothers. I'm Jason. And I'm Jackson. And now, let's get into it. Y'all, I am so glad we don't do review scores anymore. <laughs> because, like, I don't even know, like, in what realm Gotham Knights falls. <laughs> I think we should start in honor of Gotham Knights and the, uh, let's say, interesting musical choice that they made. Uh, I think that we should start reviewing games in lyrics from live in la vida loca and i would say this song or sorry this game in particular is probably an upside inside out i would say <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know any lyrics i'm proud to announce to our viewers that uh after all this year of us reviewing games i finally beat one before we reviewed it I am sad to report that that game is Gotham Knights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we went in with this expectation that this game was going to be decent. We were all expecting somewhere in like the, the 70 range on Metacritic. Not as good as the Gotham or as the Arkham games, but still like a competent action brawler situation. And boy howdy those early reviews sure showed us that was not gonna be the case <laughs> uh this game was sitting at like a 50 percent on metacritic for a while it was getting some like pretty terrible reviews from your igns and your game spots and all that we're only giving it like fives out of ten and stuff like that it, it, it's not great well let's go back a little bit i mean i read all those reviews you know, the, the days leading up to the game actually releasing. And I was still, I guess, um, quietly optimistic. <laughs> and, and playing through the beginning parts of the game, at the very least, I was just like, oh, I have no idea why all these reviews are so bad. Like, I think it's, I think it's a fine game. I mean, there are issues with it, but there, it's nowhere near as bad as what people are saying. And then I kind of, I beat the game, and a lot of it just kind of clicked, where Gotham Knights is a good game until you finish it, and that's going to be, that's part of my review, I'm going to go ahead and just leave it here. Um, don't finish <laughs> Gotham Knights, you'll enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah, uh, so this game is eight chapters long, finish, stop playing when you finish chapter six. <laughs> Pretend chapter six is the end, and then like... I, I don't know if there's any like missing plot threads or something you're worried about. It's just sequel bait. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So let's sort of set it up a little bit. W what is Gotham Knights? So you're probably familiar with the Batman Arkham series. They're some of the biggest superhero games of all time. They're 
critically and commercially huge successes. Fans love them. Like they are for a very long time, Batman Arkham Asylum was like the gold standard for superhero video games. So Gotham Knights is not part of that same universe, but has a lot of shared DNA. The general pitch is just that Batman is gone. So Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, and Red Hood are stepping in to sort of work together to fill the void that he is leaving. And, you know, on paper, that's really cool. Like, there are these four characters. It's a full co-op game. You know, they're sort of dealing with what it's like to lose someone as iconic as Batman. And, like, the city is reacting in all sorts of crazy ways. Yeah, and it's important to remember... For three of these characters, Batman was also their father. So, like, there's a lot of cool stuff on display here, or there is the potential for there to be a lot of cool stuff on display here. But it's just like, they took what could have been really cool and turned it into this RPG thing that, uh, we'd actually talked about it in our last episode, was something I actually thought was kind of cool, but I kind of suspected a lot of fans were going to dislike. And boy, howdy, did they. (laughs) Boy, howdy, I ended up disliking it, too. (laughs) Me, too. Well, I mean, if we're going to mention it. The problem with the RPG mechanics in this game isn't their inclusion. It's that they're half-baked at best. Right. The game has, there are four different elemental types, and the elemental type of your armor is determined whenever you craft it, or like whenever you get a blueprint. There's a crafting system in this game that feels a little tacked on, Uh, and as you fight enemies and take down crimes, occasionally you'll find a blueprint for either a new suit of armor a new weapon, whatever your weapon type is, or a new ranged weapon. Um, And those can have all all of their stats, like their levels, their elemental effect, the, the elemental chance is determined whenever you get that blueprint. But part of the issue here is that those blueprints are random. So sometimes you'll just never see some of those elemental types. Sometimes you'll see one elemental type a lot, but more importantly, since you can't, there's no way to like change the elemental type once it's been crafted. Like that's just what you're stuck with. And some of the elements are significantly better than others. Yeah, the elemental effects in general just matter way, way too much. My problem with the elemental effects isn't even just like how much they matter. It just, it feels weird to include them to begin with. I know it's an RPG game and those are bound to be in it, but when I think of Nightwing, I don't think of him having an ability where he makes a path of fire on the ground that just burns enemies to not death. They don't kill people, even though it really looks like it. There's a really funny line in the game where they say that every week, one in five citizens of Gotham will either experience or witness a violent crime. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, everyone needs to get out of the city immediately. (laughs) Yeah, rent there must be incredible. (laughs) The hospitals have to be overflowing. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But you take all of these concepts, your skill trees and your power levels and your crafting and your multiple classes, and you put that on top of the Batman Arkham formula. Because a lot of this game is still very similar to the Batman Arkham games. You're exploring the city, you're stopping crimes, you're, you know, fighting different Batman supervillains. 
like all of that is very much in line with what the Arkham games are. But I think this game's biggest problem isn't anything to do with all that needless RPG stuff because that can be easily ignored or at the very least exploited. But this game also just isn't very good as a Batman game. Like, it's just a worse version of the Arkham games in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I think it's universally agreed that Arkham Origins is the worst of the Arkham games. And people are coming back around on it, but this game is still significantly worse than Arkham Origins. For sure, for sure. Everything about it is fine, I guess, piecemeal. But altogether, it's it's just not as fun as the Arkham games. Everything is slower. Fights take way longer because enemies are so spongy. There are times where the RPG stuff is a little too, it matters a little too much. And, you know, you have to change out gear because this enemy is immune to this type or this. Like, things you don't have to worry about in the Batman games. And this game just, I, I don't know, it just, it never clicks like the Arkham games do. I do have to say, I think a crucial part of the Batman fantasy or whatever is that Batman is always the most prepared man in a room. And um, if you can walk into a room and just straight up not be able to damage the people in it because of, you know, some arbitrary choice that you probably made an hour ago, that's not a very good power fantasy. This game does not make you feel like you're Nightwing. <laughs> it does not. Like, I know that IGN gets panned a lot for the makes you feel like Batman thing, but that was the biggest appeal of the Arkham games, and that is not present in Gotham Knights. It's just, everything about it is just like a little bit off, enough so that the overall package is at at best fine, and at worst, just frustrating. I think the worst part of the game has to be the controls, though, because... It's really noticeable when you're like sneaking through uh, vents and stuff like that, or when you're like trying to go around a tight corner or something like that. And I'm not talking about on a vehicle. I'm talking about on foot, where yeah, the characters are just so unresponsive to the things that you tell them to do, and they'll just stop. <laughs> I, I saw one review earlier where they were talking about it, um, <laughs> and sometimes the game will just instead of telling you no, you can't do something, it'll just whisper it to itself <laughs> and then never mention it. That's a good way to put it. Sounds right to me. There are places that it looks like you can go that you can't and things that you definitely should be able to do that you can't. It's never clear enough why or when you can't do those things. Yeah, and one of the most like obvious and annoying examples is when you're in stealth and you're like perched on something, if you want to get off of that item, there's not a really good way to do that without going flying across the room half the time. Right. There's not even a drop straight down option, which is crazy because it feels like in the Arkham games, when you're doing stealth segments, you spend like 80% of the time on those perches. In this game, there is nowhere to go when you're on one other than to other perches. And the only way you're getting down is either going to stealth kill an enemy or you're going to initiate a fight. Like, that's the like those are really the only outcomes. There is no just getting away. And for me, that made stealth almost impossible. Like, between the fact that it was just not super well made mechanically... And the fact that I was playing as a character that didn't have a lot of abilities related to stealth, 
I just ignored it most of the time. Like if I had a challenge that was like stealth kill five enemies, I would try it. But even then, if that was taking too long, I would just start swinging. <laughs> it also, it, it isn't always clear about when you're going to be going into a stealth encounter, which I thought was really annoying. Like uh, Jackson and I were playing fairly early on and uh, we had just cleared a room of enemies and we were going into another room uh, and we, we sprinted to the door or Jackson. Sp- I sprinted through the door. <laughs> And immediately alerted the people on the other side. And it's like, I had no idea there were even going to be people over there. And the special challenge for that room was remain undetected. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't want to just like rag on the game the whole time. I want like, because I did enjoy parts of it. And I think what it sort of comes down to is I like the middle of the game. But I didn't necessarily care for the beginning or the end. Because I think the game starts where everything is very grindy. Like you have to do, you have to solve 10 organized crimes before you get your traversal ability. And your traversal ability is essential. And you have to go and seek out these drones in each section of the map to get fast travel, which is also essential. So like you spend the first several hours of the game just doing stuff like that. And then at the end, the enemies are all like your level or a couple levels higher they have an absolutely absurd amount of health they are attacking you in huge groups so it's not even the fights are that hard they just last forever and then there are some enemy types especially near the end that will dodge your attacks constantly yeah which is so mid combo and stuff it's the worst i don't mind enemies that like dodge your attacks every once in a while but like it's absurd how often they'll dodge but there is like a point in the middle where you've gotten through the grindiness at the beginning and you've gotten your bearings and you've gotten some new abilities but you haven't gotten to those really grindy enemies where i think the game's really fun like i think there's a good balance in the middle in terms of your power compared to the enemies there the story you know has pretty good amount of content with diverse content and it has all these separate case files for pursuing other villains. Like, I think there's a spot in the middle where it's good. It just doesn't last long. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it takes too long to get there. And then it's soured by the fact that you spend the last couple of hours in a very narratively unsatisfying ending doing very repetitive things. I feel it's really necessary to point out that that part in the middle is good because there is a wealth of content there. That's where all the content right. in the game is. Between, like, level 20 and level 28 is all of the content that is in the game. (laughs) Yeah. So, the game sort of functions, in my mind, in three different ways. You have your main story, which are linear missions, most of which take place in, like, separate maps. Like, their own maps, not part of the open world. With a few open world things, like stop crimes here or interrogate this person or whatever. But, like, by and large, the story are these linear missions. Those are mostly good, in my opinion. Um, I think that they are good enough map design, good enough concepts that differentiate the levels. Like, I think the story was solid, but the other two parts are where it lags a little bit because you have the open world stuff that's stopping crimes, collecting items, doing time trials, all that stuff. 
none of it's necessarily bad, but it's just bland. And there's a lot of it. And it's not adequately marked. The open world is just a lot of that kind of stuff. It's very generic open world content. Procedurally generated stuff, hidden items, all that jazz. Yeah. It's not terrible, but it doesn't do the game any services either. And then the third part is where it's like the most of a mixed bag. So you have these case files for different Batman villains. And these are essentially many stories. Like they function very much like the story, like the whole, like the main story of the game, just like shrunk down to taking a couple of hours instead of as long as the actual game is, which this game is a void. So I don't know. I could have, I could have played 20 hours. I could have played 50. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> um, but the case files have you pursuing a specific villain from the Batman universe. And again has some really cool linear stuff like i think the actual i think the best parts of the game are the levels of those separate case files yeah but they end in some just terrible boss fights every boss fight in this game is bad the only boss fight in the game that i genuinely thought was good is um one of the case files and it's not really a spoiler because they showed it in all of the all the promotional stuff you fight mr freeze on the top of uh, a building, I liked that boss fight. I did not. I was like also that one. coincidentally already prepared; like I had the right element equipped for him and everything. I that was the only boss fight that I like actually enjoyed all the way through. I was like, "This is pretty cool." I didn't enjoy that one, but I did not hate it like I hated most of the other ones. There's a second yeah. Mister Freeze boss fight that is awful. <laughs> Yeah, it is so bad, and I ended up playing that yeah. one alone, and it took like I want to say an hour. There it was is awful. There is another villain that you fight twice, which I don't think they're in the promotional material, so I won't say who it is. But the first fight with them, I really liked, and was the only boss fight in the game I liked. The second one, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's also sort of a bummer that the case files are kind of cool, but there are only three of them. Which basically means you're only fighting half a dozen total Batman villains when this is a character with like dozens upon dozens of established, very cool characters that just not not even don't show up in this game, not even mentioned in this game. Yeah, there is no Two-Face in this game, no Riddler in this game, no Joker in this game, no... I friggin' Mad Hatter. No Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no killer moth no calendar man no nothing you get nothing it's yeah. just there are four recognizable villains in this entire game that matter even the slightest yeah. maybe five if you count there's a guy in the intro that fights batman i think my biggest question for this game going into it and now looking back on it is who is this game for like not me and that makes it bad <laughs> Yeah, but like Arkham fans aren't going to like this RPG stuff. RPG fans aren't and, going to like this game. Yeah, because it's not good. It's not a good progression system. Like I get what they were going for, and clearly the writers on this game were very passionate. Yeah, because like there is a lot of side content. I mean, like the emails and stuff. That's like well written, and it speaks to the characters, both their backstories, like what they're doing in the comics, and stuff like that. Uh, there's this kind of funny thing where um, 
Nightwing gets a bunch of emails from one of his partners back in Bloodhaven because Superman has taken over for him protecting the city. And she's just like, this dude smiles too much. When are you coming back? (laughs) But it's like, in this game, in, in the game I'm playing, I don't get to meet Superman. I don't I don't get to meet Starfire, who's also constantly emailing Nightwing. Like, there are these hints about like this bigger world and stuff like that. And this isn't necessarily like a complaint against the game, because so many games do this, but I it's just there's always these hints about the bigger open world out there. Even Arkham Knight did the same thing where you had like an e- uh, a voicemail from Lex Luthor on uh, Bruce Wayne's uh, his office phone. And it's like, let me see those characters. Put them in the story. Don't just like have them hinted at all the time. I yeah. honestly, I, I like that. I think they do need to do with Arkham Knight. Uh, I mean, Gotham Knight specifically. There was too much of that and not seeing any other characters. But... I think for the most part in games, they handle it fine. Gotham Knights does not handle it fine, though. I don't necessarily mean they even need to be in the game. Why are they only mentioned in emails? Now that, why, yeah, now why that Why does I Nightwing not mention his wife a single time in the game? Yeah. <laughs> He's got emails from, from her about freaking setting up date night. I guess, I don't know if they're married in this universe, but like, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's also this like lingering sense of everything that happens in the game outside of the main story just doesn't matter that much because like with the exception of mr freeze the other supervillains aren't doing anything like that egregious whereas like the main story is getting into like everyone in the city's lives could be ruined territory a lot of the side content just feels like it's detracting from the story here I know that's a common problem in games in general where a lot of side content just isn't indicative of the game as a whole. Mm -hmm. It just feels especially egregious here because it's like, oh no, we got to stop this secret organization from taking over everything. Also, Lucius Fox needs me to craft a hundred thousand things for him. (laughs) I just, I don't, I don't really get it. Like, I know they were just padding content to make the game longer, but it feels even worse than a lot of open world games, which is really saying something because that's generally their biggest problem. I think it's weird that the game's main impetus is that Bruce Wayne is dead and there's no Batman. They have to take over for Batman. And like outside of maybe a handful of cutscenes, it doesn't really seem like anyone cares that much that Bruce Wayne's dead. Like, it doesn't seem important to the story in any way that Bruce Wayne just died a few days ago. (laughs) Other than occasionally there'll be, like, a wreck. But then, you know, two minutes later, they're just like, Haha, I'm fighting a villain. Yeah. Take this criminal scum. Oh, also, Batman isn't quippy, but all of his sidekicks are. And, like, I get that that's part of their characters (laughs) and they've been in the comics forever. But, like... I don't know. The Gotham Knights are just too similar to Spider-Man than they are to Batman. But the fact that all four of them are like that is the problem. It'd be one thing if, like, Nightwing and Robin did that some. But Batgirl and Red Hood do the same thing. Yeah, they're just like, Red Hood's actually already passed all of his big issues. Except for occasionally during one cutscene. It won't come up before, after, or even really during that cutscene. But, um... Or not, sorry, I meant like during one mission. But 
but it'll be in like one cut scene where suddenly uh, he's like, oh, I'm so sad that I got I got killed and brought back from the dead. Anyways, I'm fine now. <laughs> back back to shooting shooting bad guys with my non-lethal uh, armor-piercing rounds. You find out pretty early in the game that sort of the main conceit here is that there's this case that Batman has been secretly investigating on his own, like separate from his friends for a very long time. And I don't want to get into any spoilers about what like the extended plot of the game is, but I do just want to say, if Batman was investigating this whole situation for any amount of time, and he never even discovered if the organization was real, he was a terrible freaking detective. These guys are the most, like, bold and flamboyant and in-your-face villain organization I've ever seen. They're everywhere. Their presence is incredibly well-established. Like, they have the most on-the-nose iconography and, like... It's obvious from the trailers that it's the Court of Owls. They have a giant owl building in the middle of town that it it just looks like an owl. Not not like it's shaped like an owl, but like everything about it makes owl faces all over the place. <laughs> but they established very early on that Batman never even actually found out if they exist or not. And there's like dudes in owl masks that hold like big charity events and say really creepy, ambiguous things all the time. <laughs> like... All these ultra-wealthy people that know each other and act like complete creeps that all wear owl masks. (laughs) Like, the fact that Batman never found these guys is absolutely insane. I don't know. It's really not that big of a deal. There's just a couple of missions where that was really grating on me because they're out doing, like, the most obvious stuff imaginable. There will be, like... There will be, like, a dozen of them actively, like, breaking into a store or something, wearing owl masks. And it's like, Batman never found them doing that kind of thing. Like, again, this game has so many other problems, it is really not that big of a deal. (laughs) I only really have one more complaint uh, that I think is worth mentioning, and that's... Oh, I'm sure that's not true. (laughs) Getting around the city is not very fun. (laughs) No. Um, The game gives you a bike... And the bike moves at like two miles an hour, <laughs> but they still put they still put speed lines on the side of the screen like you're going so fast, but you'll see people like walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, this game just needed uh, every everything needed to be faster, not just traversal. Traversal needed to be significantly faster, yeah. but fights should take half as long as they do. Also, the heroic abilities for everyone are all over the place. Batgirl has a similar gliding mechanic to Batman. It's obviously slower and worse because we've told you. Everything is. Uh, Nightwing gets like, we've just been calling it a Fortnite glider, but he can use it to like fly around the city. And it's, it's fairly interesting and fun to use. It's still a little slow, but it's definitely, it's, it's at least the most interesting and fun one to use. Um, Robbins is that, he disappears and you play as a little uh, pointer for a few seconds instead. And then Robin reappears wherever that pointer is at. <laughs> and uh, that's not fun in the slightest. It's probably the most useful one just because it's the 
you can you can go anywhere with it. Like there's not really the same kind of limits that there is with the other ones, but it's not fun. And you have to do it so much. Red Hoods is probably the fastest one as far as getting around goes, but it's also just stupid. Like you jump. He could he can do this jump where he just like can land midair like transparent barrier that suddenly forms below him and then he can jump off that and land on another one because he died and it has something to do yeah it's because he died you know how when you die you can jump through the air and land in midair well, i mean specifically you know? it's from you the know. lazarus pit bringing him back but is that ever something it's done i thought it's always just made people like have super strength i don't even think it gives him super strength i think it, it just brings you back from the dead but you're crazy until you're not. That's the gist of it. It heals wounds, but it, it it gives to the body, but takes from the mind. Like, even the way they get around isn't ideal. Like, it's everything about this game, like I said, just feels a little bit off. And the total product feels very off because of it. But we haven't even talked about one of the game's biggest problems. And one of the one of the problems that is keeping a lot of people from even giving this game a shot. It was revealed about a week ago, about or about a week before launch, that the game was going to be capped at 30 frames per second on console. Now, that didn't sync it for me by any means. Not ideal, obviously. But if that was the end of the conversation, I could deal with it. This game runs at 30 frames per second. At best. When things are going well. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing co-op, like half the time you're going to be having frame rate drops, and it's awful. <laughs> Something I saw that was really funny was, uh, I think it was one of the developers on this game, was blaming having to program for the Xbox Series S that really tanked performance. And they were like, oh, we could make it run better, but then it wouldn't be able to run on the Series S. So Xbox, you need to make it to where we don't have to keep you know pulling this thing behind us like a freaking albatross on our necks. Uh... <laughs> Uh, and from my understanding, not only does this game, it gets its best performance. Well, obviously, best performance is PC, where it's not locked at all. Uh, it has a higher frame rate on the Series S than on the Series X or the PS5, <laughs> like consistently. And then other than that, I mean, like new games are coming out. The The new Modern Warfare runs at 120 FPS on the Series S. Yeah, I just... This game was just a disaster pretty much from the beginning. I think we should have seen it coming when it was delayed so far, so close to its launch. And like, man, imagine if this game did launch back in March like it was supposed to. Probably would have had more content. <laughs> yeah. It's... Would have been, you know, oh, drip man. fed to us. Yeah. Like Avengers. It's like, it's so weird too. Because when I started off playing this game, I was just like... You know, it's not great, but like I think they were being too hard on it. And then as it got going, I was like, okay, it's actually really good. Like maybe the reviewers just didn't give it enough time. But then it circles back around to being even worse than it started somehow. I've never seen a game do this before. <laughs> I think the only thing that has made me still tolerate this game after finishing it is just the fact that I went into it with zero expectation. Well, okay. I had expectations. The expectations were that it was going to be absolute garbage from beginning to end with nothing good about it at all. And then there were like two or three things that were okay. So it sucks because 
like with Saints Row, it was not a good game. Like point blank bad bad game. But like it wasn't on the cusp of being a good game. <laughs> where Gotham Knights sits on this line where like if they were to fix like three things, it would be good. And if they were to fix like a handful of things, it would be excellent. But it's not going to happen. Like this isn't a game that has that long form revenue stream. Like it launched, wasn't great, and this is gonna be the end of it. I mean there might be a sequel that fixes that stuff down the road, but even that's unlikely. So I you know we really shouldn't be that surprised. This is the only game that Warner Brothers Montreal's like ever actually developed. Because, I yeah. mean, Arkham Origins yeah. was built on the Arkham engine. I don't remember what it was called. But, like, the assets were already built. <laughs> they basically just put a new coat of paint on it. But, yeah, no, this just, this does not give me much hope for any games from WB Montreal in the future. I It's sad to talk about. <laughs> it's sad because, like, I mean, obviously, everyone wanted it to be good because the Arkham games were so good. Yeah, And I, I think what made them so good was, like, a clarity of direction. Even just on map design. Like, every map is designed for combat or for stealth. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, they don't have to make every map able to do both. This game should have maybe focused on making those two things a little bit more discreet from each other. Instead of trying to make... Or instead of trying to make it to where you can handle any situation any way you want, sometimes it's okay to force people to do it one way. But then the one place that they did try to do it and force you to actually, you know, play it in stealth, um, the stealth isn't good enough because they didn't focus enough on it to actually make it keep up with everything else. Because there are, like, side missions in this game where you need to save hostages that have bombs on them. And if you get detected during those missions, the bombs will get activated and you'll have like a limited amount of time to defeat all the enemies and free all the hostages. But those suck. And generally, if you get detected during those, since those areas are kind of geared towards stealth, and I don't mean in the map design, I mean like how the enemies are laid out and stuff like that, the number of them. If you get detected, like... You might as well leave. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be able to complete that mission anymore. And like, it's fine to have stuff like that, but you need to have systems in place that actually support that. There should be a way to stop that countdown, for one thing, if you get detected. Or there should be a way to re-enter stealth. Something. But the combat to stealth in this game is a switch. And once it's been flipped, there's no unflipping it until, you know, whatever the next encounter is. The Arkham games handled it much better because if you got detected in one of those games, if you were doing a stealth mission, I mean, that was just it. Like, it ended, you had to try again, which is fine. But for the most part, if you got detected in one of those games, you didn't go to combat mode because, like, the enemies there were going to be way too, more, way too powerful for you to actually fight that way. And you could just go back into stealth, but you had to be more careful because the enemies were going to be more alert and more aware of your presence. A lot of nuance that gets missed out on by just having it be stealth is a one-time thing and you failed stealth so you're not doing it anymore. I do want to end it on like a moderately positive note. I like the characters. Yeah. I think that the idea of a game with these four characters 
and it being like a full co-op experience actually still led to some really cool moments, both narratively and gameplay wise. Seeing them interact with each other, because each each of the four characters has their own story of sorts, but it's not really like a story as much as it's just like cutscenes that you unlock as you progress the main story. But those cutscenes are actually like pretty cool, and some of them were like surprisingly moving. And when you're in a mission with a friend and you sort of just naturally get into this rhythm of, well, I'll grab the one at the back so you can go in front and grab the guy in the front. And then those two are out instantly like that feels really cool to do stuff like that. Almost like formations (laughs) going into fights. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. There wasn't enough of it, but there were some moments where you could definitely see the future of the Arkham games is to go the co-op route. That I think is, I think this game showed that and it has me hopeful for the Suicide Squad, since the same team behind the Arkham games is working on that. I know it's going to be a totally different thing, but like, it showed that there is potential there for a game like this in the future. This this just wasn't it. I feel bad for the <laughs> yeah. team at Rocksteady working on the Suicide Squad, because I've seen a lot of people that are just like, oh, Gotham Knights sucks. I'm not going to pick up Suicide Squad. It's like, yeah. it's not even remotely the same people working on it. <laughs> There's just so many crossed wires because uh, WB was like, we got to make a Batman game immediately. I'm pretty excited for Suicide Squad. But, I mean, I I don't really care for squad-based shooters quite that much uh, the same way that I did for the Batman Arkham games. So I'm not necessarily as excited as I was for Gotham Knights, you know, a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely potential for for Suicide Squad. It's just it's going to be a totally different type of game and it's just going to have a different audience, but unfortunately the nature of comic book anything is it always attracts the same audience that only wants one very specific and thing. I think it's Batman. We just want a game where we can play a Superman. Yeah. We've had those before and they like, were all bad. Yeah. Like historically every one of them. <laughs> Injustice is cool, but Superman matters in that. <laughs> um but I think that anything superhero related sort of if they try to do anything ambitious or that gets away from what superhero media has always been, there's just this very, very vocal part of the fan base that's going to hate it. Like even if Gotham Knights had been exceptional, if the reviews had been off the charts, if everybody had loved it more than anyone thought was possible there still would have been these fans just raving about how horrible it is because it doesn't play exactly like the Arkham games. And I feel like Suicide Squad's going to get a very similar reception. People are going to go in expecting one thing, even though there's tons of evidence pointing to it not being that thing, and then be mad when it's not that thing. (laughs) So, I just... You see it with superhero movies as well, obviously. Oh, yeah. You mean like how DC fanboys are still trying to argue that The Suicide Squad is a terrible movie because it's not directed by Zack Snyder? If that movie were exactly the same one-to-one but had Snyder's name on it, they would have said it was fantastic. (laughs) So, it is what it is, though. Just don't don't play Gotham Knights. (laughs) Don't waste your time and money. It's just... It's just... I would almost sooner recommend a game like Saints Row, which I think is like unequivocally worse because like at least you're like getting into a consistent package. 
Whereas Gotham Knights will get your hopes up, and there will be moments where you'll feel like this is really cool, just for it to suck immediately after. Save your money, go play Last of Us Part One instead. I would recommend this game if you really like Saints Row, <laughs> and by that I mean if you really like picking up bad games this year. And I wouldn't recommend this game if you like the old Batman Arkham games. Maybe just watch the cutscenes online or something. But even still, don't worry about those last two chapters. They don't matter. <sighs> yeah. I'm tired of talking about Gotham Knights, though. We should do something else. <laughs> I will say, I think all of my best experiences with, uh, with Gotham Knights were while playing multiplayer. If you're going to play it, I would almost maybe recommend playing the whole thing in co-op with a friend. If you're, if you're dead set on you have to play this game, Convince a friend to play it with you. That's that's my advice. But that's already a lot of Gotham Knights talk, so I think that means it's time to pull the plug. All right, but then instead of doing the flush, 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 just have it go upside, inside, out, out, living la vida loca. Jackson, <laughs> what is something that you have been into? <laughs> well, when I was... Uh... Not playing a terrible game, so so not much. I was playing this little hit game that not many people will know of called Elden Ring, which if anyone remembers from earlier this year, uh, I did not really like, but also didn't play much. I beat the first boss and then didn't play any more of it. So in preparation for us having to do a Game of the Year episode in like three months, I decided it's time to hop back into it and give it a chance. And I'm enjoying it a lot more than I did then. I don't know what's really changed since then. Um, I also haven't done any boss fights since I started playing again, which were my biggest complaint. So I don't really know what it is that's making me enjoy it more. Um, maybe it's the fact that I'm not doing boss fights. But there's still like, even as someone that doesn't enjoy having to fight bosses that are... I was going to describe them as bad, but they're not bad. It's just that I don't like them. <laughs> Having to fight bosses that aren't giant health bars. There's still so much other good stuff in this game. It's a cool world to explore. There's a lot of cool enemies to fight. There's cool dungeons to find and walk through. They got a big crab. They got big crab. They got big dragon. They got big dragon. They got another big crab. They got big dragon fly. There's um, that weird tower that you can get teleported to if you want to get killed by a giant statue. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more than I did before. There's the werewolf on the I... roof and you go up to him and you, you <laughs> clap your hands or something like that or you, you do a fist. I don't remember exactly what it is. There's a big bear. Yeah, many. There are many big bears. No, but there's a big and real, real big one. Oh, yeah, there is a, a real big bear. There are many real big bears, too. There are so many big bears. Because there's regular big bears that just run around the forest. And then there's, like, boss big bears that are, like, twice as big as big bears. <laughs> well, what about the real uh -oh. big bear? Uh, it's the same size as boss big bear. Oh. So This time around, I've been using magic a lot more. Because it just makes the game easy. <laughs> yeah. Magic is so OP in this game. I don't know how they never, like put out an update to make it not so strong. I've barely put any points in the magic, and I it's still 10 times better than using my sword. <laughs> yeah, my first time through the game, which I have beaten it twice, and I'm on a third playthrough now, my first time I went very balanced, you know, good magic attack, good physical attack, 
uh, you know, medium armor and shields and all that jazz. And that was definitely good for like learning the ins and outs of the game. And it definitely was really good to sort of see all sides of what the game could be. But my second playthrough, I went only strength everything. I was wielding like a giant two-handed axe for the entire game. I was wearing the heaviest armor I could. I had ridiculous health and stamina, but I had no range attacks whatsoever. And I learned doing that. The game is actually significantly easier if you go full strength and no magic. It just, it has to be an all or nothing thing because you can get to the first boss at like a moderately low level and still down them in like eight hits if you are just dumping everything into strength. (laughs) But... That's not necessarily the most exciting way to play the game the first time. <laughs> I'm I'm on a third playthrough now where I'm trying to play as Sekiro. So I'm going like all light everything, only using a katana, and that is different. <laughs> what Jordan's trying to say is he's still obsessed with Sekiro. Yeah. I want every game to be Sekiro is what I'm saying. <laughs> but if every game was Sekiro, then Sekiro would be not special anymore if every game was Sekiro then none of them would be (laughs) oh yeah does anybody want to change their review for uh their anticipated reviews for Sonic or God of War Ragnarok before we get them uh no no I'm pretty set on mine (laughs) yeah I'm changing it I'm thinking God of War Ragnarok probably a five or a six out of a hundred I I don't know what to make of uh sonic but i'm pretty set that uh, god of war is going to be exceptional we've seen even more of the game now and some reviewers and some people in the industry got some pretty extended hands-on and boy howdy they were just raving about how good this game is all right but sonic they posted on instagram that if you subscribe to their newsletter they'll let you wear the shoes from a better sonic game in the new one what do you think of that? They're going to let you do that nope. in God of War? <laughs> they somehow add the shoes from <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 to God of War Ragnarok. Uh, yeah. If you sign up for the newsletter, you get Kratos' sandals from God of War 1. <laughs> he carries like a, a small urn with him instead of Mimir's head. That's his first family. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's always carrying their ashes, isn't he? Yeah, pretty well, pretty well burnt into him. Yeah. So, Jason, what cool, fun <laughs> thing have you been into? Uh, you know that I have had COVID nineteen. <laughs> um, this is a PSA. Apparently, COVID nineteen is still a thing. Um, so it was so funny. So basically, let me just run you through a little bit of a timeline. Monday, all right. I'm like, ah, my throat's kind of bothering me, but I assume. It's probably just because, you know, Jackson and I went to a pumpkin patch the day before um, and we were just belting out some Taylor Swift hits from back in the day. (laughs) Um, You know, we were, you know, we were just freaking jamming along to Fearless, the whole album. (laughs) And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs the whole time because those songs speak to me. But uh, so the next day, you know, like I'm working, I'm like, oh, my my throat kind of hurts, but I just assume it's from that. Uh, And then at the end of the day, I get up from work and I um, am incredibly dizzy and feel awful. So then I find out I'm sick and I'm running like a hundred and three degree fever. (laughs) 
So, yeah, I assumed I had the flu. And it was funny because I went to the doctor. I was like, yeah, I've been having flu-like symptoms. Pretty sure I got the flu, but everyone wants me to go to the doctor. Uh, And then the doctor comes back in a little bit later like, ah, I got some news for you. You're actually the only person in here today that I'm not diagnosing with the flu. Yeah, this game sounds awful. I'm not going to try it. (laughs) Yeah. Is it better or worse than other? (laughs) Better or worse than the reviews before it? It's, um... You know, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. It really depends on the day. Day day two was significantly worse than the reviews, but every day since has been, you know, more or less fine. I'm on day like four <laughs> or five, maybe. Is it like Gotham Knights in the sense that it's really bad at the beginning, pretty good in the middle, and then really bad at the end? Um, I haven't gotten to the end yet, so I'm hoping no. <laughs> COVID-19 is the Gotham Knight of diseases. I was going to compare it in that it was fine the first day and then the second day was just absolutely awful because that was also the day where I was playing Gotham Knights and I was doing all of the terrible grinding stuff was day two of COVID. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, you know, if you haven't gotten boosted, make sure to go do that. So you don't want to get COVID. It's not fun. Not a good time. Don't recommend it to anyone. Uh, I would recommend COVID if you enjoy uh, either not being able to taste or having a weird metallic taste in your mouth. Um, If you enjoy not being able to breathe from coughing so hard every once in a while. I know other people just have normal not being able to breathe as a symptom. I haven't really run into that, so your mileage may vary. I'm still the only member of our family to not test positive for it, so I'm I'm just assuming I'm like a demigod or something. Yep, that's, that's so it. funny. That's exactly what Abby said a day before she tested positive for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh god! It's... Yeah. Anyways, and I wouldn't well. recommend COVID if you enjoy being well and uh, <laughs> not being sick, or if you dislike that weird metal taste that's been in my mouth for a week now. Uh, anyways, Jordan, what have you been up to? Gotham Knights was not a good game. But the good news is that another good game came out the day before Gotham Knights. No, I take that back. That's not accurate. An excellent game came out the day before Gotham Knights. Elden Ring 2? We're going to say yeah. the exact same thing on the day that freaking God of War comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. Uh, I picked up Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, a game that I was really on the fence about, and I decided I was going to get it, but not until after the holiday rush, just because there's so many games coming out. But then the reviews were just exceptional, and specifically the reviews were saying that it fixed so many of the things that I just couldn't get into with the first game, because I really liked the combat of Mario plus Rabbids 1. But I didn't really vibe with the progression hooks and the fact that the game was just like arena after arena with just like narrow hallways between them. That's such a weird design choice for a Mario game. But Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope is is genuinely exceptional. I'm not saying it's this big, bold, incredible game that's going to dethrone Elden Ring or whatever as like the big game this year. But... For what it is, it's like perfect. It that'd be so awesome if it get Game of the Year the same <laughs> year that Elden Ring and God of War two came out. Yeah, it's such a bizarre concept because you have you know your Mario folks, your Mario's, your Luigi's, your Peaches, your Garfields, all of like the big names are there, and they have guns now. Sorry, wait. And not only you say were you just joking? 
Yeah, they just Garfield. Garfield. Garfield is not in this game. Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. I th- now I have to go back to freaking Garfield part. I thought there was something new. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got the, your Mario and the crew have guns now, which is already bonkers. But specifically, Mario and the crew have guns and they're hanging out with the rabbits. If you're not familiar with the rabbits, they began as the antagonist of a Rayman game from the Wii, but specifically a mini game centric game. And they went on to have like their own mini game stuff. And like they had like bad Mario Party type games. They had a show on Nickelodeon at one point. They ruined Rayman. Yeah, they definitely killed the Rayman franchise, which sucks. Rayman used to be a respectable 3D pl- platformer, and now it's only a respectable 2D platformer. Thanks, Rabbids. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're unfamiliar with the Rabbids, just picture the minions, except they're white and have rabbit ears. You're done. That's exactly what the Rabbids are. Well, they don't and wear overalls. They don't say banana, <laughs> you idiot. They they basically talk like the minions do too though. Like these guys are nothing. But for some reason, Ubisoft went to Nintendo and was like, "Hey, we know that you're very we know you're very stingy with your IPs, but what if you gave us Mario for like one game?" And for some reason Nintendo's like, "No thanks." And they're like, "Well, what if we told you it's a game where we're going to give Mario and his friends guns?" And also, it's going to be an XCOM-style cover-based tactical shooter. And for some reason, Nintendo was like, we're in. (laughs) But it's so fun, though. It's so weird, but it's so good. The game has this very vibrant and colorful and unique style that, like, kind of is in the middle of, like, the Mushroom Kingdom from the Mario games. And then just the insanity of the Rabbids world. And the maps are really interesting and fun to explore. There's more interesting and dynamic maps now. It's not just arena after arena. And then you have instance battles instead of them just being part of the overworld. Which sounds like it would take away from it. But it means you have a much more interesting overworld. And then much more interesting separate battles. Instead of one world that's the mix of the two but it's pretty bland. They've also added some extra characters. They've really doubled down on the aspects of the characters that made them unique. They now have weapons that are like 100% different. Whereas in the original game, their weapons were really similar to each other, just with like different passive abilities. Like now they are totally different ball games for the different characters. And they have all these crazy strengths and weaknesses. And you can use all of those to set up these insane tactical plays where like... Uh, Luigi's a sniper for some reason. <laughs> uh, his whole thing is that he actually does more damage the further he is from a target. And he also has an ability, which is if anyone moves inside of his range, he shoots them automatically. And you can activate this ability and then have Mario go and jump on someone's head and take out a glider and fly across the map and like slide tackle an enemy which knocks them up into the air which counts as movement for luigi to then proc his ability and snipe them from the middle of the air and then like once mario is there he can still take out his dual pistols and shoot two more enemies and then you have characters like 
uh, Peach, who just has a shotgun for some reason, and uh, this new original character named Edge, where her whole thing is that she's edgy, who can slide tackle like six enemies in one turn, and has a buster sword like clouds that she can throw like a tomahawk for some reason. Like, this game is absolutely bonkers, but it actually has really, really good tactical gameplay with really good progression hooks mixed in where even though the story is nonsensical, it still makes you feel like you need to keep going so you can get better and fight bigger and tougher enemies and more elaborate battlefields and you have to deploy more interesting tactics. And it's just, it's so good and nothing about it should be. (laughs) I just... I've been kind of gushing about this game ever since I got it because it it's it's such a hard sell conceptually, but it is so much fun. Does it got Waluigi? Not that I have seen. Yeah, I'm not buying it. So I'm it. assuming no. Yeah, it, it's such a good game. It's also perfect as a Switch game because you can pick it up, play for 30 minutes, do several battles, and then put it back down. This game is dumb. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Anyways... That just about does it for another episode of the Totally Biased Media Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, there are plenty of ways you can do that. First, on Twitter, at TBMcast. Second, on Instagram, at Totally Biased Media. Third, on Twitch, at twitch.tv slash totallybiasedmedia, where we try to stream at least every other week. Also, you can send an email with suggestions for the show or your own reviews of games or anything you want to tell us at all to totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. If you send us your reviews, we would love to read them on the podcast. So tell us anything and everything you're feeling about them games. But for the Totally Biased Media Podcast, I'm Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walkup. And you just felt the bias. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.